Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hashtag Please Just Start with Scott Greenhut. We are broadcasting live on the In Results Radio Network inside Perimeter Roofing Studio from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson Hotel in beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. Today I'm going to talk about no longer feeling sorry for ourselves and the moment I just stopped feeling sorry for myself. But first, I would be remiss if I didn't take a uh, if I didn't give a little background on myself for all my new listeners. So welcome. About Scott, before the pandemic, I had started my journey as an inspirational speaker. Very long story short, I became the last person living in my immediate family by age 33. My mom passed away from cancer when I was 12 years old. My dad passed away in August 2017 after being on dialysis for seven years. And my sister passed away from her eight-year battle with ocular melanoma on February 1st, 2019. Between my dad and sister passing away, I was fortunate I was able to lose 110 pounds on my own, eating healthier and exercising. I've worked up to 10 miles on my elliptical on a daily basis, and I haven't had any dessert, fast food, and or fried food, including pizza, since February of 2018. So today I'm going to share the moment that I just stopped feeling sorry for myself and realized it was up to me if I was going to change my life. So I look forward to sharing uh, that story and talking a little bit more in depth with all that with my co-host Ryan. Thank you, Scott. That's uh, that's awesome. No pizza for four no, years. Is that right? A little over four years and counting so far. Nothing. You know what? I tell you what. I think I've made it four days with no pizza. That's, I did, how's I, that for a record? At one point, I thought I couldn't even do that. Well, that's because you were at the. What, what was the line you used to say you were always standing in? Uh, oh yeah, they're standing at Quick Trip. Yeah, the, the Quick was, Trip line. I was standing at Quick Trip. I used to to show that people can change in life. I literally <laughs> stood at Quick Trip at two forty five, two fifty for three o'clock for when they became like fifty nine cents. So there you were, and here you are. No, none of that in four years. So Nothing. that's fantastic. Nothing. That's fantastic. I uh, so yeah so a little background to get to that moment uh, before I do that so basically um, I was four almost five years old when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and not that I'm saying there weren't other kids dealing with that in life but you know I've always been very vocal and upfront and honest about situations in life and I, I if you knew me in elementary school middle school high school you you know you or you knew that well not even high school but at that point my mom had passed away but that you know my mom was sick with cancer all throughout elementary school and she ended up passing away between my uh, sixth grade and seventh the summer of six between sixth and seventh grade so July 7th of uh, 98 this upcoming July will be uh, 24 years so my whole life kind of I felt like a little behind with my mom being ill and then her her passing away um, when before right before I was in seventh grade at Five Forks Middle School in Lawrenceville Georgia so I always kind of felt sorry for myself growing up now I and this is another one I think you might have heard me say this before it's not that I raised my hand and said please please feel sorry for me but just by added my attitude and like I wasn't asking for you to feel sorry for me in words but just by actions I think you could kind of tell and I and and my overweightness I don't know if that's the right word weightness my overweightness I like it thank you my overweightness is not just because someone might might be overweight or whatever because I was morbidly obese I wasn't just overweight you know I wasn't just didn't have too much with with my um so so let me let me help this so if if I'm really feeling lazy and out of shape can I use hashtag overweightness if you (laughs) We can start that new one to go put that right next to hashtag. Please I, I, just start I'm just it. saying, if you're lazy, then your overweightness is kicking in. 
Hey, hey listen, this is, this, is, this is where I go. Hey, I'm we're, sorry. we're keeping it up. Oh, okay, okay. I like it. No. I digress, it, but I like it. Don't do you, lose that one. I mean, I said to someone, how to please just start, just started. I just said, I just started. And since I live in Atlanta in the South, I put a please in front of there it. Please go. just start. So okay. you never know when, when you these light bulb moments come You never want your overweightness to get the best of you. You never, never know. <laughs> right. So, you know, with my, with my overweight, I'm not saying everyone feels like this, but I didn't like I didn't like myself at all with everything I went through in my life and feeling sorry for myself, you know, at this at this time for the longest time, I j- it just kept growing and growing and growing, no pun intended. All of it. All all <laughs> all of it. All of it did. Yeah, everything was growing. Everything was growing. So, um it so like I said, gr- growing up, it was I was getting bigger. I remember when my sister was about to have her bat mitzvah. So we're talking ninety three. My mom had even said, you know, you need to start, you know, watch it. The thing is, I don't, I, I wasn't trying to watch it for aesthetically, but I was born with a heart condition. I had open heart surgery within my first uh, six months of my life. They weren't sure little Scotty was going to make it just at that moment. So you know, and I have a scar here t- um, right down my chest, and then from tubes, and it looks like I have an extra belly button from you know from sure. the, from the hole there. So so I. I've always had a heart condition and people have known that about me too. That's another thing with my story. Mm-hmm. I've always, I always used to use it as an excuse for why I couldn't do something, even lose weight. Oh, I have a heart, I have a heart condition. Well, how are you helping yourself then? If you know, exactly it, everything comes, you know, full circle. Sure. So that uh, not aha moment, but I guess kind of aha moment was I knew I was about to walk in to my dad's hospice room, seeing him laying there. It, no, uh, the best way to say it is laying there dead. I hate to say it so vulgarly, but that's my reality every day for you to, for one to fully understand. So I got in the call that he was about to transition out of life. I saw his numbers on there and he was at a hospice facility um, in Duluth and uh, not down the street from me, but not too far. And so by the time I got there, they opened the door for me and they, and I was like, uh, like, you know, is he still here? They're like, he had just passed away. So I know I'm walking into a room. Remember now, not, not to feel sorry for me, but my mom had already passed away. I'm about to walk into a room seeing my dad laying there dead. And when I did, I saw him as peaceful. I always say this as I've ever saw him before in my life. And when I'm walking in that room, knowing I'm going to see my dad laying there passed away, I know my sister's not far behind with her cancer she had just with the numbers. I didn't know it was going to be nine days shy of a year and a half after that, but I knew it was, you know, coming up. That's when I was starting to think about what am I going to do with my life if I'm going, if I want to stay here, there's a chance I might not want to stay here, yeah. but I'm going to do everything that I can hopefully. And we weren't sure that was going to happen, but we were hopeful that right. I was going to make, you know, good, de- starting to make good decisions. So I walk into his hospice room and I see him laying there dead and I'm like, that's my guy. And my, my boy, as we always He's say, my boy. boy. And I just start bawling. And at that moment, I, I, I wasn't right in his face. So I always say, like, back up against the wall. I wasn't fully against the wall, but I backed up a little closer to the wall. And my back was against, as I always say in this moment, my back was against the proverbial wall. And I could have decided. And I, I was over 270 at this moment. Five, you know, if you're not, if you never seen me before, you know, 5'5 five, five on a good day, 270 plus. He, the last time he saw me, you know, he saw me, he, he saw me huge. And I realized in that moment that to stop feeling sorry for myself. And I say, uh, 19 years, one month and three days, the significance of those random numbers is that's the time between my mom and dad passing away 19 years, one month and three days. And I felt sorry for myself every, you know, every moment of every day until I saw my dad laying there. And I'm like, I have no longer, he was my crutch. 
I was his crutch for things and he was mine. He never let me kind of grow up, but would talk to people that Scott's not growing up, but he never gave me an opportunity. He saw the last two months of his life that I finally was growing up because he, he let me, he, he put, he put me in a position. I tried other times to grow up, whatever, but he gave no choice, but to show for me to show him that I, that I could do it. He, other than that, he would just want to not talk negative about me, but say to his sister, even my aunt said, yeah, he, he would never allow you to like grow up and mature. You could do it on your own, but it with him not doing that, you know, I was under his roof. I was driving his car. It wasn't where's, where's Scott? Where's my boy? Where's my car? It was always, where's my car, my boy. So that's, and that was his King. Uh -huh. and then Burger King, <laughs> go get me Burger King, my boy. And like, you know, all that stuff. So it's like, so I, he was my crutch. I can be honest about yep. that just because he's not here. Doesn't mean I can't be honest yeah. about that, but he was my crutch and I was his. I took care of him every day. Some days all I needed to do was to untie his shoes for him. Some And some days I needed to do really nothing but be there for him. And then some days go get him Booger King, my boy, when he would be on his way home from dialysis. I mean, just being there for him. Sure. I was the only human being in the world who would be there for him. And maybe that says something alone. But that was that's my that's my reality. So I share that. So I stopped feeling sorry for myself in that moment. And like I said, I could have easily just and I, I don't need I don't want to pat on the back or whatever but r right in that moment it, it took me as I we talk about numbers it took me uh four months in a day after he passed away as when I started my journey on my elliptical and I've never looked back but I just knew I had to do something my my best buddy Ben he was just like right before I started my journey on the elliptical and changing my life and losing 110 pounds he was just like I don't know what we're gonna do but we need to do something he goes volunteer work out something because I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and when I stepped on the scale that Monday December 11th starting my elliptical that day I got on the scale that day I still have that same very scale this past week I got on I was 165 that week I was uh, the Monday December 11th 17 it said 270 so I mean it's just it's an everyday process because there are moments and I will share this there are moments I still feel sorry for myself I wake up every single day being the last person in my immediate family I will never be able to talk to my mom dad or sister again and now that's not before I probably would have added something in there to try to make you feel sorry for me. And I don't want that anymore, I, but that's just my reality every day. And though, because I'm, I've started my journey as a speaker and you know, when to get up in front of people and be vulnerable and share that, that's one thing, you know, that it's always going to be part of my, my story sharing it. And because that's going to be my job too. It's not just, I have to live with that. I talk about it to try to help others in, in the process. So, I mean, I will always talk about it, but it's my reality. When people go, say we meet up for dinner one night and I'm talking about it. Okay. Oh, that's sad. Scott is the last person in his family. But I, I would decide to wake up every day when I pull my blanket off that has me and my family on it that my sister gave me. That's the best present I've ever gotten in my life. When I pulled that blanket off of my family laying on me, basically, I wake up every day without having them in my life. And it, it is very hard, but it doesn't mean we can't get through things in our life. There are going to be moments in all of our lives that will help define us positive or negative, but it's how we get through that, how we, how we uh, do fall down seven times and get back up that one eighth, that eighth time that will help define us and build our character. Yeah. And, and I think Scott, where your, your stories moved after, you know, you, you first got into this is that, that's your story and your experience, but there may be a person they grew up in a drug addict home or mm -hmm. they grew up with, um, you know, whatever, with some kind of disease their whole life or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and what you're saying is this is my story, but my goal is I want to help 
people. A- absolutely. Right? Like, you know, like I, I say this all the time, my, you know, lo- losing the weight. I could have lost my family. I say this all the time. I could have lost my family and people would be like, oh, that's kind of sad. But that I showed tangibly instead of continuously feeling sorry, for, coming back to that, instead of feeling sorry for myself every day, because getting on my elliptical every day shows I'm not feeling sorry for myself because I'm doing something positive for myself every day. It may seem small to someone else, but mentally no longer. Yes, physically, but no longer just physically more mentally. I feel like I've accomplished something, even if I do nothing else that day. Well, and to remind our audience, um, you've only how many, how, how many years is it? Four Four years you've done the elliptical? Yeah, I've done a little over four. Like this, um, I mean, we're about to, I'm, I'm just trying to think. It's about to, from when we're taping this right now, it's about to be a thousand days in a row in about a week. And then you've only missed another year pre-planned. That's incredible. I mean, that right there, I mean, honestly, I mean, that is the ultimate, uh, what I call and grit. Person, you. you know what? You know, grit, I'm having to study all this. Mm-hmm. Dissertation, but grit defined by the seminal author is, passion and perseverance with consistency over a long period of duration, a long mm-hmm. duration. In other words, anybody can be passionate for a week. Mm-hmm. I can be passionate about pizza I want tonight, but I really don't need to eat that. But to, to do it for the long haul, to do it consistently for the long haul, and, and, and that's, I mean, that's not like, uh, I mean, that's an ingrained part of your life now. Oh, th- yes. It, as much as it was to go eat that McDonald's yeah. or Burger King every day or wh- whatever it was, having that, not just candy, but going to, I mean, literally when he was in the hospital at Eastside Medical Center for 59 straight days at a facility or or at Eastside, I would go home on Ronald Reagan uh, and I would get off at Five Forks and go to that quick trip. And they're like, two more brownies tonight? And I was like, uh-huh, if you can watch this on here. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. Two more brownies tonight. I, was I, bet, I bet then you weren't thinking about doing the elliptical. Not at all. And I and I had just sold one. People were kind of getting annoyed and tired of it. I had sold one that I had before because I it just wasn't it wasn't the best. I had, like two months before he went in the hospital for two months before he died. I had sold it, and so I didn't have one when he passed away. But I knew at some point I wanted to get another one because I just wanted to get not that this wasn't quality, but it wasn't it wasn't the best one. And so I got it from a buddy's um, sister I bought it from. And so I had just sold it for the same amount, same amount that I bought it for. So nothing lost there. And then uh, about two months after he passed away, I bought one. It was, it was collecting dust for another two months. That's that four months before he, after he passed away. And then he died on August 10th of 2017. And December 11th, I said, for some reason, I said, today is my day. How did I got a question. I mean, yes. how did you really, uh, seriously, I mean, how did you... People talk about stuff. I mean, I talk about stuff right now. My couch to 5K and all this stuff I want to get back and doing, and then I do a week. But what was the catalyst make you actually just go get on it that day? I mean, for real. I mean, was there well, a put, was there a pushing point where you're just like, so kind? Well, so I visited my my late sister and her fiance in New York the weekend before, like okay. like so Thursday through through Sunday, um, before starting on Monday, December 11th. So it was like it's the seventh through tenth because me and my numbers, I yep. had that ingrained. Yep. And I went to go visit them, and I would told her I was going to be embarrassed that she was going to see me this big. I mean, because I I could hardly walk out of the car. I mean. I walked two feet. My back was killing me. I mean, it was that. It was that bad. Because right. it's not just the number. It was my height yeah. and everything yeah. with it. It's, yeah. it's all a culmination of everything. And then with my heart condition, making reason I talk about that again is it was harder for my my heart to pump. Sure, for heart to sure. pump. So it was just it was just really really negative and bad. I just kept telling her on that Tuesday before Thursday. She was like, you know, I'm gonna. She put me at a hotel and and she's like, I'm gonna have you know Diet Coke for you. At that time, I was drinking Diet Coke. Now I have Coke Zero. Coke Zero, if you want to do something. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I just um, 
it was just really bad. And I'll tell a very quick story. It, uh, this was, this is very embarrassing. And I think I'm going to tell it more when I'm up in on stage talking about my story. You can so just practice here. I do need practice here. So quick, short story alert. So I was at the airport going to visit Melissa and Jay at that, at that moment that for that weekend and a family in front of me there, they, they asked the TSA person like, Oh, where to go, whatever, which line to go in. And they're like, y'all go to that one. It was kind of, it was just the main uh, line for security. And they saw me with a backpack on, saw what I looked like, saw me hunched over more than I am on a regular basis now. And she goes, sir, you can come in this way. And it was like to the handicap line. And like, there's nothing r- wrong with me except for what I look like and huffing up. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, I'm no, I'm in your pretend audience. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you. And it was really bad slash embarrassing. And I, I, you almost had to be there because I don't even know if I can give it justice for for what it really was. But that was also something. And then my buddy Ben, again, he picked me up from the airport that night. And whenever he picked me up at the airport, I only went a couple of places um, before the pandemic and everything, before I started my weight loss journey. Uh, but we would go to the varsity when he would pick me up. And I was like, this is my last meal like this. Normally when you say, and just FYI people, when you say this is my last meal or whatever, normally you're not going to start anything. And my meals weren't g- perfect right at that moment, but I just wanted to go from, I, I knew again, having the story, I knew I had a story with my, it's not normal to be 33 and no have not have family left, immediate family left. So I knew I had a story, but if I didn't show something tangible, my weight loss was all about also getting healthier and staying around because I didn't know how long my sister was going to last. And then I was going to be left here and my heart was going to give out because of the sadness. And I'm still very sad every day, but I'm, I'm healthier mentally, physically, and emotionally a little bit. Thanks to, um, you know, my, with my working on my mental health as well with, um, anxiety and depression medication as well. But I, you know, try and just work on myself all the way around. But I, you know, I knew that I, I had to work on myself with, with my weight and, I literally just wanted to go from zero to 365. And I just, again, I just started. That's where I talk about what, what's the name of this podcast? Hashtag, please just start with me, Scott Greenhut. I just started. You don't know what can happen in your life until you start something. We can talk about it all day, but when you start it and people talk about, oh, don't try, you can't try something. You either do or don't. That's not true. You try it. I worked on my elliptical. I didn't know I would lose 110 pounds. It sounds so random, but that was my number where I looked in the mirror and I was like, not I look good, but I'm no longer want to throw up just looking at myself in the mirror. And that was very important for me. And it was at 110 mark. And right now I'm, I don't think I'm big, but I could, I feel like I could lose about five, six more pounds to be more confident, just you know, just looking at that scale. It's not about the number, but it's, it's about, it's about everything with it. And so, well, it's, um, I just, I just, uh, you know, sticking with something for that long and being able to do it. And, um, and again, I think it's not for our audience to say they have to get an elliptical. No, my or, story you know, is not uh, about you doing what I did. Right. It's just an example. Right. But I'm just saying, you know, Absolutely. you know, you have something happen to you. Uh, everybody gets your stuff in life. Your story is a tough story. And then you said, all right, I'm going to actually do something about it. And that's the other takeaway I get mm-hmm. is that, okay, so if they're in a si- different situation, absolutely, then they're like, life's happening to me. Then maybe they do something else. I mean, I don't know what that, you know, but, but it could be anything absolutely. if it's a positive impact, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, again, I would say my story is not about weight. That's what I was trying to say a minute ago, but then I go on a tangent. 
my story is not about weight loss, but that's the reason people have been so kind right. to give me the opportunity to share my story is that tangibleness. Yes, yeah, a you tangible can see story. The, see the difference. And it's like, oh, now we have something to stand on just besides his losses. Exactly. And my, my weight losses is too. I'm trying to make a bad joke, but yeah, <laughs> thank you. I'll be here till I. You'll be, be here all night. Yes. But that that's the thing. It's like, okay, he, he's been through a lot, but it's how you respond to again fall like Dwayne Wade says in that commercial you fall down I'm sure other people have said it but I always think of him when I hear you fall down seven you get up eight times it's that's what defines your character of, get, of getting back up and the grit and everything get, getting after it. well you saw the thing I, I, I wrote the other day was um, but it really is almost failing mm -hmm. forward mm -hmm. I, it came to me of like you know people say falling forward but failing forward I mean you we, we fail as we grow if we learn from it people are so scared to fail but no, they are, you're, yeah. you're failing when you're not trying yeah, I mean, if, you, if, if, if I use any sports analogy in the world, mm -hmm. if you take Chipper Jones and you say, well, he's going to not get seven hits out of every 10, but he's a 300-something career. Right. I mean, that's pretty pretty darn good. Yeah, exactly. It, when you it, say 30% of anything in baseball is a uh, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, you know, the thing is, yeah, and it's like Michael Jordan, you'll miss, you know, 100% of the shots you don't take. But, but, you know, when you start thinking about it, I don't like to fail, but sometimes, well, every time, if you're smart, you learn from failure uh, it will help you grow. And people, that's very true. And people are are scared to be vulnerable. Like I don't, with the way my life is gone, if I'm going to share or just live, I don't know another way to be because again, not that I've had it the worst in the world, but you're going to know my story. I'm, I'm willing to share because so many people are not willing to share. Like they say, one of the biggest fears is getting up in front of people talking, public speaking. I can't wait to do it in front of however many. If I need to do it just in front of 20 and impact them or five or 10, that's fine. But I I mean, would I be nervous because I'm a human being? Yes. But I would be excited nervous because it's like I know I've got to wake up every day. I have something to share. And it's, it's the only way my family's legacy is going to you know stay around and, and keep their name around. And my sister had written me a note for when she passed away. I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, but she wrote me a, a card it started it off where this isn't meant to be drawn out. I just want to let you know I love you, basically, and that this wasn't meant to be, you know, this wasn't what, what was supposed to happen. You know, you basically, you being the last person in the family and everything, but you are my legacy. And I got it about three weeks after she passed away. Her friend in New York had sent it to me, and I just started bawling. And I'm so glad I did. I needed because I hadn't cried since the funeral when I'm trying to, like, get through, you know, words about her and everything that I practiced 100 times, but when you're in front sure. of people. So, like, you, you just never know. And so that's, that's the thing. Like, we're all here for a certain reason, and unfortunately, I kind of, I guess, learned – Again, why did it take my seeing my dad laying there dead for me to turn my life around? One thing I always want to, I always like to say, just to give perspective, I feel like, and because he, he had told one of his friends about this too, that I was never going to lose the weight until he passed away. And he, he told his friend that, and his friend came and helped me with some stuff around the house after he passed away and said, yeah, your dad and I talked about how you weren't, your dad said you weren't going to lose the weight till then. I didn't know that I had it in me. He knew that I, if one day I could, he was kind of like my martyr to get my life started. And right. And that's something I will say till, till the day I'm gone that I feel like he was, I learned from him a lot, but I feel like I learned more from him after he passed away. I didn't appreciate. Yeah, and so appreciate your family because again, I know it's not normal. Don't, I don't want to be felt sorry for, but it's still, it, it's a reality every day that I wake up without a mom, dad, and sister. And so I try to turn all that sorrow into something positive for you to remember, to remind yourself to go after that thing you want in life and, you know, to live your life with no regrets and, and talk to your family and let them know what they mean to you. Cause one day, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately they won't be here. So take advantage of the time you have with them for sure. Absolutely.
uh, spot on. Well, thank you. So I just wanted to share that a little bit today about no longer, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and that you can pick yourself up. You know, we're all strong enough to get through anything just one day at a time. So uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Please Just Start on the In Results Radio Network inside the Perimeter Roofing Studios from the Country Inn and Suites by Radisson in beautiful Stone Mountain, Georgia. Please stay tuned for upcoming shows or listen to past shows by visiting www.inresultswithaz.com and simply click on the current shows button to hear this and many other shows on the network 24-7 or anywhere you get your podcast. Until next time, this is Scott Greenhut signing off. This has been another episode of Hashtag Please Just Start. My hope is you'll live your life with no regrets and go after that thing you constantly think about and hashtag please just start.